Hi, welcome to Hey It Gets Better. I'm your host, Katie Watson, and today I'm joined by Marco Fiore. Marco is the director of Bamboo PR. In today's episode, we chat about how Marco graduated in our last recession in 2009. We also talk about ways to stay positive and how your interest can develop over time. Marco explains how this has happened in his own life as he now sells antique jewellery in his own business. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, Marco. Thank you so much for joining me today on Hey, It Gets Better. I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. And I'm happy to be here and um, great to take part in this. Fantastic. So if you just want to let everyone know a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, just a small bit of background. Yeah, that's fine. My name is Marco Fiore and um, I'm a director at a small PR firm called Bamboo PR. I've, uh, I've been there my whole career. Um, I've never worked anywhere else and um, the company is part mine as well. So it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I thought it would you would make a great guest on this podcast because you actually graduated in the recession. So a lot of people right now who are just starting in their careers, I can imagine, well, I'm definitely quite scared when I look at the news and things like that. And I just see all this bad stuff about the economy. So I wonder if you could talk so talk about the challenges you found trying to find your feet when you first graduated. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I graduated in 2009. So um, it, was, it wasn't the easiest of years to, I suppose, choose to finish your degree. And something I have learned, and especially in sort of recent days, is that there are, there are always going to be recessions and ups and downs in the world. And it's something that isn't necessarily ever going to be in your control. You can you can do things to try and, I suppose, carve out a path for yourself, but ultimately um, those are going to rear their head, unfortunately, again and again for whatever reason. It was, it was difficult, and I suppose I did what nowadays I probably wouldn't advise to anyone um, starting out in their career, which was I looked for a job and was happy to sort of take any job that came up in, in my industry. At the time, I wanted to be potentially a video games journalist or a tech journalist. Um, aside from the fact that I learned quite quickly that it's not the best paying career, I, I also uh, sort of looked at other other sort of similar sectors as well, like marketing, PR, advertising, publishing. I'd always loved words, and I still do, and I love writing, and I was sort of keen to get into that industry in some some form or another. So I sort of applied for all the roles I could in the, in that space. But anyone now, I'd say, look, you've got the time a lot longer than you probably think. And, and hopefully, if you've got a support network behind you, whatever that is, friends, family, you have a little freedom to, I suppose, really find what what you want to do. There's a lot more, I suppose, tools and communities and, and ways to sort of learn before you go applying for jobs. I, maybe it wasn't as mature. In, in my day, which makes me feel a bit old, but 11 years goes quite quickly. But um, things like LinkedIn and a really great networking tool nowadays, I'm a big advocate of it, a, a big user. And I feel like just that alone is something that can really help get your name out there and, and find and give you the exposure to other people in the industry to sort of learn without having done the job, actually, whether or not that's something that you want to do. But um, yeah, looking back, it was, it was tricky. I'd, I'd always say there's there's things that you can do yourself within like an uncontrollable situation. So you can always try and stay as positive as possible. Look as long term as you can. 
like if hopefully if you're, you're healthy and well you'll you'll have a long career of many many decades so it can seem like the urgency is there right in the first step to get it right but actually you got you got plenty of time to sort of find what's good for you and take your time a bit and build your skills alongside the application process and like i say um there's always going to be these events that sort of crop up and they can affect even the most sort of secure seasoned person so just try and surround yourself with great people who you can learn from try and find people you can help and that will help you and just always been trying always try and build sort of new connections in any way and there's a lot out there that can help you do that I think that's really true about sort of taking the time to actually work out what you want to do it's very you know easy just to so graduate and go into the first job opening you see and apply to every single job but if you don't actually know if you enjoy it there are a lot of things you can do now for actually for free to sort of test different things to work out you know whether that's the right industry for you to like dip your toe in and I think yeah that's really good advice when you say about keeping yourself positive how do you yourself like find ways to keep positive during those hard times whether it was back when you were first trying to find a job or whether it's now in the recession how do you keep a positive mindset yeah no just before I touch on on that you made a good point about the the, the free um there's always a lot of debate around whether you should work for free at the early stages of your career and the industry that I wanted to get into originally like you can't really make it unless you've got a portfolio of work or shown that you can write. So I did a lot of, um, not internships, but I did a lot of sort of work for free community sites and video games and technology just to build my writing style and, and skills. And I don't think actually without that, I would have got my job at Bamboo to show, um, to show how like my skills essentially so there's, there's pros and cons but I do think that's an important thing to maybe consider if you can for not it's not for everyone for obvious reasons but I was lucky enough at the time to be living at home so that gave me some some flex to sort of do that but on the um the topic of positivity it, it's hard like I, I, a lot of it I think comes maybe naturally to me personally I've always had that outlook I didn't one day wake up and think you know what I need to be more positive today I always try and look at the world in in a realistic way, but also an optimistic way. Not blindly, but I do think that actually mental mindset is a is a really powerful thing. Um, not in the cheesy way, but actually just thinking about what, in the grand scheme of things, the situation you're experiencing, like how serious is it in reality? Like we've all learned a lot, I think, in the last month in terms of what's truly important to each and every one of us and that, that varies for whatever reason between people but I but I do think that actually like what I do matters to me and to our clients but in the grand scheme of the world like I'm no paramedic saving lives I'm, I'm no scientist trying to do something that can tangibly improve the world and change the course of of society and history so I think sometimes you've got to take a step back and look at things and think like this is this is important to be concerned or to be um, to be focused on, but you know what? There's always another day. There is always another day. That's something that I always think. Um, there's a big link, and I've learned this myself in recent years between obviously physical health and mental health and and positivity. My mood is affected very much so now by the exercise I do. I sort of neglected that 
aspect of health for probably far too long in my in my 20s but nowadays I think it really does sort of improve my capacity to deal with more awkward situations or more difficult situations yeah I definitely agree um another thing as well is just yeah say environment try and make your environment positive try and clear yourself from negativity and try and find those triggers that maybe make you feel anxious or get you down but also take breaks especially if you're in the job hunting process I used to try and treat it as a job when I was doing it but um but one with like limited energy and capacity each day because momentum personally is a big thing I'd rather do three four hours of something every day than sort of push myself to do 13 14 hours of looking for a job and then just sort of be fatigued at the end of it be demoralized and it sort of compounds through the day and makes you feel sort of pretty pent up and and maybe upset or frustrated I always said to myself back then like get up fairly early fire stuff off that's really relevant for what I wanted to do go until sort of maybe like late morning have a break do an hour hour or so but then finish and, and reward yourself for doing like a good day's work trying to do that like there's no harm in spending some time on yourself in the afternoon or the evening having done that because if you do that every day actually over time it builds up and I felt that sense of momentum really helped me personally but not everyone's the same some people do like to power through and maybe take a day off the next day or just really try and focus but at the end of the day energy I suppose and and your health really do affect like your sense of positivity there's lots of things you can do and and smile a lot laugh a lot hang out with cool people that you really love um again all that's kind of cheesy but obvious and but it is important like try and find someone who's going through it maybe as well. So team up, buddy up, try and spur yourself on it. Often is proven to work in all sorts of environments and situations. But I do think that can really help if you're particularly early in your career and you need a bit of motivation because it's very tough in those early days. Yeah, I think you've just given like a whole host of lots of reasons to, you know, keep your positivity up. And there's so many good gems in what you've said there. I think what you say you know about surrounding yourself in the right environment with positive people and things like that is so important and it's about having like a holistic approach to life you know you could have the best career in the world but if you are if you're not surrounding yourself with the right people they you know you can have that negative energy and I think it's important to have that outlook on life where maybe one thing isn't going that right right now maybe your relationships aren't that good or your job isn't that good or you just don't like your living situation but you do kind of need you know if you look at the wider picture once you get all of those things good it's much you know you can be very positive yeah no definitely like I am always very acutely aware of certain maybe privileges or lifestyle and upbringing things that have maybe eased what I've done over the years um I mean no there's no illusion to the fact that not everyone has as easy a path for whatever reason and the, there are many many things that can affect your life inside of work outside of work that can really have an effect on on that ability to keep positive definitely something that I think ebbs and flows of life but not to sound ironically a bit negative but there's always something that could be worse in the situation and I think if you accept that and like I said before accept the sort of things that you can't control actually it's going to be easier to focus on the then and now like I know a lot of people particularly through the last few months have have had a real struggle with maybe the and the ambiguity of just the situation like you can't plan really at the moment it's very difficult to sort of see 
uh, a path that's maybe within your control and then to therefore stay positive. And obviously, in the reality of things, a lot of what's happening is very scary for, for, for many reasons. But at the end of the day, I think, um, I think it's important to just accept that's going to be the case. Like, if you can't plan, then don't plan. Like, it's not ideal for a lot of people, but it, it's almost a bit futile. Like, stay very adaptable and inside of work, outside of work, and, and accept that there's always going to be a, a bright tomorrow, whenever that might be. It, it, it might be a long time, it might be a short time, but just keep cracking on and doing things that um, will help you in that journey. And like I say, you've got you to gotta fill your life with cool stuff that you can control and enjoy, because like some of this can be can be quite tricky sometimes yeah I'm definitely guilty of that constantly trying to like control everything and plan it all and you know have like a five-year plan which has just immediately gone out of the window as soon as I finished uni but it's you know it's true that you do need to realize some things you just can't control even if you want to control them as like loads you just can't do it So you should focus your time and energy on what you can control because it is true what you say about momentum. I think that it links to, you know, the idea about burnout as well is that you can't, you don't have enough energy to control everything and to put all your energy into controlling things that you can't even control. So you have to think smart about how you use your energy, how you work best and actually what can you make a change in in your life? Yeah, totally. Burnout's always a a tricky one because a lot of the time it creeps up on you or it hits you like a ton of bricks without you even realizing and I'm no um I'm no stranger to that I worked I put my hours in in particular in my in my early 20s and probably didn't look after myself as much as possible and only now looking back do I maybe realize it was sort of not necessarily like catastrophic but there were there were definitely times where maybe I should have left something till tomorrow or accepted that um it wasn't as a big deal i do put myself under a lot of pressure um, maybe sometimes to be productive to be um to get things moving along quickly for our for our company for our clients like by the very nature of where i work in in pr like it's a very fast moving career path but i think actually in recent months and in recent maybe even recent years there's a there's a growing acceptance to to know that we are people at the end of the day. Like the new cycle doesn't necessarily sleep, but we ne- we do. And yes, we jump on things that are really important to to do when the news agenda requires it or our clients require it. But um, like I'm very happy to say, a lot of our clients themselves are very very conscious conscious of their own sort of well being, and therefore I think there's a much better flow nowadays within people yes definitely I think I think there is that toxic sort of image I know I certainly have it where I think of like getting a job a bit of devil wears Prada working constantly late nights and then you just be you know it will all work out in the end but that's really a really unhealthy outlook to have because it doesn't work like that you before you meet the success you often do tend to feel tired you need to sleep you need to look after yourself you need to exercise but I do feel like sometimes on tv and in the media there is this glamorized image of you know someone early in their 20s literally working non-stop to get to like to get somewhere but it's not really very like 
it's not easy to do in reality. It's definitely not like what you see on TV. No, it isn't. I, I will add, though, like, I love what I do. I always have, and I, I think I always will. <laughs> um, I still do now to this day. I have the same sort of passion for it that I did when I first started out. And, I, and the reason why I had no problem putting in the hours when I felt like it was necessary was partly because, um, yeah, the nature of the industry, but also because I loved what I was doing and and it didn't ever feel like work. It still doesn't. Like it's just something that I love to do every day. Um, looking like sometimes it frustrates me, but my 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 dad is is right a lot of the time. As he he probably is pleased to hear, but he warned me off, sort of burning the candle at both ends. Um, and like he he ran a cafe for for thirty odd years, and it was trying to impart some, probably some wisdom to to have a strong work ethic, but at the same time, look after yourself. And um, I probably didn't do the best job at that, but um, now I'm much more aware of that. And I say maybe the industry and and the, the nature of work has maybe woken up a little bit more to that in recent times. People, I think, have become far more conscious of what's important to each person, to yourself. So that might be your family and actually regaining the time of your family from like not doing a commute at the moment or is really powerful, or it might be just time to unwind and read a book for whatever reason. Like I think the balance is very important to, to get. And I, I don't know necessarily if it's TV's fault or recent years, maybe the last five, 10 years, there's a sense of entrepreneurial like hustle that's always there and, glamorized and is very cool and it's producing some great things some great businesses some amazing stuff but at the same time these all things run most of the time by people and if you want to do good by your customers your clients your your team your like your suppliers your, your partners like they want you to be working as as efficiently and as productively as possible and healthy so when when you own a business, it's hard because you got to do what you got to do, and I think you'll always do that. But it's okay to have a break. It's okay to um, take the time. Sometimes <laughs> depends on the situation. Yeah, that's true. It does depend on the situation, and I think um, I think you can say that you were quite lucky as well that you'd found an industry that you really loved, because I know that some people can start working in an industry and they put all the hours in, but they just don't. Ha- like it and it is okay to switch isn't it though when you you know sometimes you do make the wrong decision sometimes you go for the wrong career and that's actually totally okay because you know you're not supposed to know exactly what you want to do as soon as you finish uni so what sort of things would you know say to someone who is maybe thinking about doing a career switch maybe they went for the wrong thing for them or they just learned more about themselves and realized whatever they went into just wasn't for them yeah, it's funny because you never probably realise that until you've you maybe endured a bit of time. Like I, I when I was um, when I was at university, I did like a couple of summer jobs, and it quickly taught me maybe sectors and type of work I never really ever wanted to do again. Like they're for some people, but they're not for me. I was um, I think I was very quickly in line with my skills. And what I wanted to do, and, and very fortunately, 
like I've managed to find the industry that I love. Like I love technology and and not only do I love PR, but to blend tech and PR together uh, is a great thing. Like I, I, I love working at a small company with the freedom to do pretty much um, what I want to grow quickly, to, to expand my skills. But it quite possibly could have been different. I might have joined a bigger agency where you maybe have less career development early on, but there's other perks from from everything from bigger team and bigger clients to uh, maybe a bigger salary. But uh, that quite possibly, if I worked in that environment, turned me off the industry completely. I never really know. Like it is okay to switch if you're particularly early in your career. That's completely fine. Like your early 20s, I always think, or you're all through your 20s, that's the time to figure out what you really want to do. Uh, you've got a lot of freedom, a lot of flex to to do that. And I think our our world accepts that people don't stay in a job um, very long anymore compared to when they used to, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Apart from obviously me, I am an exception to that role, having been at the same company for 11 years. Uh, and I say now part owning it. But um, in terms of advice, what to do in that, it's very easy, I think, to test before you jump as well. Like if you want to try and explore a new role, and, I, and I've given a lot of advice to people on LinkedIn through its official careers advice platform, but just people reaching out or having a conversation with me and asking me that kind of question like just tried if, if you want to suddenly move in from say you're in I don't know brand marketing or PR but you're like oh actually I really want to be a product marketer or I want to try business development well, well talk to your company maybe there's a role or sort of a project you can do to, ex- to to experiment with that or if they're not willing to do that or you don't feel comfortable sort of suggesting that try it on the side like spinning up a business now with minimal money is very very easy you can test something, shut it down if it doesn't work. You can keep it ticking along, whether that's like e-commerce or like a lifestyle business or like um, if you've got a bit of extra money before you're developing like a technology product or a piece of software or, or even a service-based business. Like you can try all these things yourself without actually having to sort of go through the slog of trying to find a job. And actually, you never know. You might end up sort of building something that actually snowballs into something really impressive or really, really exciting. There's a lot of people on uh, on my LinkedIn, and I talk to a lot who followed that path, or they were they weren't really that enamoured by with what they were doing. They thought, oh, actually, you know what? I really, I'll try this. I'll do it on the side, and then it, it sort of went from somewhere to somewhere else, and then went from there and grew and grew and grew it's it's a pretty common path actually so you yeah you actually have your own side hustle at the moment Fury's Finds um which I remember first talking to you about and you had talked about how you know you did all gaming and tech but never in a million years did you think you would actually be going into jewelry and making watches look nice do you just want to talk a bit about that and how you sort of stumbled into it yeah it's a funny one um, I, yeah, I do look. I do laugh and look back at it. Essentially, yeah, it's a it's an e-commerce like venture or brand, whatever you want to call it. Like I, I keep it pretty casual because it's a side thing I do, and I've never wanted to sort of make it too serious or too formal because personally, that's what works for me. But uh, I, essentially, uh, I source, curate, 
sell vintage and antique jewellery, some normal antiques on the side, a bit of collectibles here and there from certain periods, nothing, nothing particularly modern. And it sort of came about accidentally, really. Like, I have a beautiful watch that my wife bought me for my birthday, and it ran out of battery, and I wanted to obviously not repair it, but get it working again. So I took it to a jeweler and they said, oh, it's this amount of money to change the watch battery. And I thought, that sounds really steep, you know, (laughs) for the fact you're probably just taking off a back cover and putting in a new one. And you probably get a really good trade rate on how, on buying like a thousand batteries at a time. So I didn't want to damage it doing something silly or trying to do it myself. So I went and I bought like a set off eBay, like a little mini toolkit set. I bought a few cheap old watches and some batteries and I just changed them and it was as simple as I thought it was. Uh, the watches themselves weren't actually that attractive. No offence to, to them. <laughs> but um, to the manufacturers, they were pretty pretty ugly. But uh, a package, and I gave them a bit of a clean and sold them as working because I used to do a lot of sort of personal eBay, just clearing the house out every now and again. And I ended up selling them more than I actually paid for. And I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> So I bought a few more, did a few more, and and I'd like I thought oh, it's a bit of a, like a fun little hobby. I, I might do it more, I might not, but but it's it's done what I needed it to do. But then I was looking through a box on on eBay of just sort of a mixed box of collectibles, old some old jewelry and some watches, and I could see the watches brands in the photos and thought, oh, I know I can spin those for a bit a bit of money. But then I thought, actually, you know what? Why don't I separate everything out in this box? From his job lot, give it a good clean, describe it well, take some good photos. I'm into my photography, so that particularly helps. And um, sell it individually and see what happens. And it all sort of turned a tidy profit. So I thought, oh, so again, I thought that's quite a good idea. At the end of the day, none of this is particularly new. But what I found, like you go to any antiques market or, or shop and people have been trading in this kind of stuff for years and years and years. And many people make good money from it. But um, what I found in particular on eBay was, and that's my pro, that's my platform of choice, was that there's a lot of bad photos out there. People don't do themselves very good uh, service, um, whether or not they're a professional, like a brand, uh, or they're doing what I'm doing and they're sort of dealing a fair amount, or if they're just people with like sort of a sort of hobby they dip in and out of. The photos are pretty shoddy, blurry. The description's not particularly good, and I thought as well. Like, it just needs a good level of service. Like, I'm I'm sort of quite proud of what I'm doing, so I'm going to try and make people believe that and sort of sharing that. So then I bought another box, another box, another box, and spiraled from there. I did that for about six months before I sort of formalised it under a brand, and and I thought, um, you know what, let's use my marketing skills, my social media skills, my my PR uh, knowledge, um sense of digital marketing like we had an e-commerce brand and company at the time as a client so I was learning a lot sort of through them and seeing what their own customers were doing and it all sort of just spiraled from there I set up social media it was funny like the the brand name is not particularly original in my opinion is my surname and I go and find great stuff (laughs) and it was funny I was on I was on a holiday with my wife and I, I said oh you know what I've been doing this for a bit I'd actually really like to make this into a bigger thing. And um, it's not an actual formal business. It's just on the side. I declare all my income through it. So it's, it's, it's all like formal and l- legitimate, but it's not 
the headache and pain of running a limited company as well as where I work now. But I said to her, oh, I'm thinking of a, a brand, maybe Fiori's Fives. And she sort of went, mm, no, not really. <laughs> we talked we talked another half an hour, sort of just on other things. And then she thought, oh, I've thought of a good name for your brand. Maybe Fiori's Fives. And, and I thought, are you having a laugh? <laughs> That's what I said to you. Anyway, so the fact that it sort of came and stuck in our mind quite quickly uh, she liked to take credit, but um, it's definitely my idea, my branding, and I and I got and I and the joys of technology nowadays is I got building all my social media and and my new account and everything while I was on that holiday. Um, I had like an afternoon by the pool. Where I just had a spurt of energy, really enthusiastic about it. Set it up and went from there. But it's been a funny one. Like over the maybe well, through coming up to three years, I've been doing it. Like it's grown and grown and grown. It is a side business for me, so all through lockdown, I stuck it on pause. Much to the, much to the, and it's pleasured me to say, much to the dismay of a lot of my customers who have messaged me all through it, saying, "When are you coming back? When are you going to start sharing and selling jewelry again?" Like I've got a, a good following on on Facebook, on on Instagram, uh, on my stores as well on Etsy and eBay. I've got a good group on WhatsApp as well, and. Um, some real great people who actually come back to me again and again and again, and, and I love them for it, and they're really important to me. But, yeah, the final thing is I found it's really built my skills in certain areas, and it's really cool in that respect. But also I love learning. I love learning new things. And if you told me a few years ago, oh, you'll suddenly be able to pick up a, a brooch from 100 years old and tell you what period with, with pretty good accuracy where, when it's from, the style, the period. I've got all the kit in terms of being able to identify gems and stones. I do want to invest in a proper um, gemology, I suppose. Not degree, but like accredited program to just hone my knowledge in that respect. But, um, yeah, like I've got everything I need to actually do it with authority. And, and at the end of the day, all it is is learning. Like... You become an expert at antiques. You see them on the show, at the Antiques Roadshow. They started somewhere. They knew nothing at one point, and they just have a lot of experience built over 30, 40, 50 years. It's a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoy it, and I'm really happy to actually, in this last week, um, start ramping it up again. And uh, I'm getting a lot of nice messages saying, oh, it's great, you're back. Uh, and one final point on it, I suppose a bit of a development with it, is I'm trying to make different ways for different people so I have a lot of regulars who buy a lot, as I say, and I recently sort of launched a Patreon uh, with a lot of sort of obviously tiers and subscriptions for different sort of degrees. Like the lowest is literally just support me from £3 a month all the way up to like um, a pretty sizable monthly subscription where you get surprise jewellery, you get like triple the amount you're actually paying from my store like you get access to a lot of private content and you get first dibs on everything. So like just the freedom for those kind of people to save a lot of money, but still enjoy their passion and their collecting. So it's, it's all very exciting. Um, I've missed it a lot the last few months. Yeah, it does sound really exciting. And I think, you know, it's a good thing that it sort of shows that your interests do change. The world changes as it develops life changes your circumstances change but also you as a person change and your interests change and it's so important you know to 
indulge in new hobbies in new interests because you never stop learning and you never stop developing as a person you might not be in a formal educational institution but you should still be learning every day and taking new things on board yeah no 100% I'm a big believer that the secret to success in life is is reading um, whatever form um, and nowadays you can add maybe obviously like learning through like online courses and, and video consumption but I do believe that actually like if you're the way inclined and you absorb information that way like just reading as much as possible staying open to different perspectives it's it's a very powerful thing and learning what you can like it comes with my territory because as a writer in particular it's very important to constantly hone your style and your knowledge and and stay in line with how i suppose consumption of your content is is changing but yeah like i've had many a uh, many a fad i suppose over my years and it's funny what has stuck um this is stuck I'm obviously furious finds is stuck uh, i've i've learned the odd instrument over the years i've I've done other websites, I've had photography like initiatives and whatnot, but this one seems to be something that actually is maybe part of what I do for a very long time. And and it's very easy to scale up and down according to my my own life. I don't have to overcommit to it. Like it got very busy over Christmas with Fury's Finds because it's a big, big season for people buying jewellery and then you've got Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. And it was pretty, there were some pretty long nights sort of balancing it. But I think having sort of shut it down completely and now brought it back, I've got that good sense of flow and what's best for me. And like we talked earlier about sort of staying productive and making sure that actually, how do I structure it around my life? Rather, how do I structure my life around it? It did serve a really good purpose on the run up to my wedding because it gave a lot of extra income to pay for. <laughs> Uh, a very big expense, but um, now I don't have that. Um, it can sort of be this great passion of mine that I really enjoy, and and uh, it doesn't have to. It's not my main income, thankfully, because it would have been pretty pretty daunting and shaky over the last few months. I got, there's a fantastic community out there on Instagram, in particular, and I could spend the rest of his podcast naming really great people to go follow, but if you like jewellery and you're into that kind of thing. But, like, I have fit, I have felt for a lot of them because, like, all of a sudden, um, sort of buyer appetite sort of dissipated and, it, and it's pretty pretty soft at the moment anyway for obvious reasons. People are tightening their belts. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who take a lot of happiness and, and enjoyment from collecting this kind of thing. And for them, it's very important, so they're going to continue buying. So it's... Uh, it's uh, it's it's a funny old time, but a good one to have. Like I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And it was brilliant talking you to you today, Marco. I'd just like to leave you with the opportunity to sort of give any advice you want to give to anyone who sort of feels a bit like, you know, their life isn't going the right way right now. They are really in need of sort of something to get better. Is there anything you want to say to someone like that who just doesn't feel like they're getting a break, really? Yeah, you know, I'm happy to. I'd say the first one is talk to someone. Doesn't matter who it is. Someone who you know will listen and actually have a conversation. Like active listening is a really important skill to have. 
it's very easy to think you're listening, but actually you're not really sort of delving into what the person's saying. Um, I will say, come come to me if you want. Like uh, I'm a very open person on LinkedIn. I mean, the show notes. I'm sure Katie will put how to spell my my odd surname and my name. Yeah. Or you can search out uh, Fury's finds, or you can search out Bamboo PR. I'm pretty visible, and I'm always happy to give advice. Have an open coffee um, over Zoom at the moment for obvious reasons or whatever platform, and just talk through it because, like. I wish I had a lot of the access that you can now have to people. And you know what? Find that thing that helps you switch off. Whether or not it's a really trashy TV show, don't be ashamed in it. Whether or not it's closing your eyes and having a nap in the afternoon. Like, sleep is a big one in particular. But yeah, just just try and, try and always look forward. Um, build on what you've done and what you've experienced. But... There's always another day, like I said, towards the start. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Marco for being on part of today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram at Hey, It Gets Better. I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, hey, it gets better.